Hello, fans, and welcome to This Day in Baseball, where we're going to bring you a full radio broadcast of today's game. And before we do that, I just want to thank Classic Baseball Radio, and there's a link in the notes where you can uh, check out their full channel. They have many, many great radio broadcasts. And while you're listening to today's game, if you want to check out much more about the game and the players, look on the links below, and you're going to see uh, links to player pages, the date the game happened, the year it happened, and the play-by-play. Enjoy the game, and check out the links while you're watching the game, and please don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that every time new content comes out, you're going to get that uh, firsthand. And thank you again for checking out this day in baseball, and enjoy the game. Back home. 
They feel confident that with their backs to the wall, they can win today. To put it mildly, they must win today, or the series is over. The Yankees are leading three games to two. All the Dodger victories so far have come in Ebbets Field. All the Yankee victories have been, uh, well, coming out of Yankee Stadium. Today is the birthday of Walter O'Malley. He's the president of the Dodgers, and Mr. O'Malley has instructed his manager, Walt Olson, that all he wants for his birthday is victory number three for the Dodgers. The story of past performances would favor Brooklyn. The Yankees have won only one out of 11 games played here in series competition. Ebbets Field uh, being a rather tough park, apparently, for the Yankees to win. Uh, that victory came in 1953 when Johnny Padres uh, lost to New York 11-7. Last year, the Yankees lost all three games in Ebbets Field. Uh, this year, they have uh, lost the two games played here. Number 12, Dex Rickard, who is the official voice of the Dodgers here in Ebbets Field, is now pulling off the lineup for the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Yankees. There has been considerable uh, question about who actually would start for the Yankees. Casey Stengel had said last night that he would take a look at Johnny Cooks and Bob Curley when they warmed up and then would make his decision. However, about a half hour ago when we were talking to Mr. Stengel, he said that he felt that Curley was more deserving of the starting assignment because in his relief performances so far in the series, he had been superb. Uh, Curley has appeared in two games. He's worked a total of one in the third inning. He has not given up a hit. And uh, he has not walked anybody, which is uh, rather a good indication for Mr. Turley. He has struck out three. So Bob Turley, who, like Don Larson, has modified his uh, wind-up and delivery, he just stands out there on the mound and pushes that glove uh, against his pitching hand and then uncorks the ball, asking him before the game if he felt that it uh, helps him some. He said it certainly does because you have an opportunity to uh, focus your viewpoint on the plate, and he feels that it uh, somehow sets off the timing of the batter, because the batter does not have a time to swing and loosen up the bat while the pitch is in the motion. Well, now let's take a look at the lineup for the Yankees. First off, leading off and playing in right field for New York today is Hank Bauer. Hank has had six hits in 22 times in the series. He has struck out four times, has hit one home run, has three RBIs, and he's hitting 273. Joe Collins will bat second and play first base. Joe has three hits and 16 times at bat, one double, two runs batted in. He's walked twice and has struck out three times. He's batting 188. Mickey Mantle will bat third and play center field. Mickey has five hits and 17 times at bat, three home runs, four RBIs. He's walked four times. He's struck out twice. And uh, his batting average is 294. Yogi Berra will bat fourth. Yogi has five hits and 18 times at bat, has one double, one home run, six RBIs, two base on balls, and he struck out one. And Yogi's batting 278. Enos Slaughter, the only man in the series who has not struck out, as far as the starting lineups are concerned, has still uh, seven hits and 17 times at bat, one home run, uh, three walks, and four RBIs. And Enos is uh, carrying into this game a 412 batting average. Billy Martin will bat sixth and play second base. Billy has five hits and 18 times at bat. Two home runs, three RBIs, one base on balls, and four strikeouts. And by the way, uh, Martin's home run, one of the two came in the uh, first game. Bill McDougall will bat seventh, and he will uh, play shortstop. He has two hits and 13 times at bat, one RBI, three walks, and three strikeouts. Gill batting 154. Andy Carey would go to the mound, uh, rather will be at uh, third base, and he'll probably walk over to the mound a few times. Andy has uh, three hits and 12 times at bat. He struck out five times. He is hitting 250. And certainly his uh, superb play yesterday 
on uh, a smash by Jackie Robinson was one of the reasons Bob Turley was able to go with the perfect game. Now, Bob Turley will pick the big, strong, or Don Larson, I beg your pardon. And Bob Turley out there now, number 19, loosening up, getting all set, has had uh, two official times at bat, and he's 0 for 2. So that's the lineup for the Yankees. And for the Brooklyn Dodgers, Jim Gilliam will lead off and play second base. Jim has one hit and 17 times at bat, two RBIs, five base on balls, has two strikeouts, and Jim's hitting 0-59. At shortstop and batting second for the Dodgers, Pee Wee Reese has six hits and 21 times at bat, one triple, two uh, RBIs, five strikeouts, hitting 286. Matting third and in center field for the Dodgers, the Duke. Snyder hitting 235. Four hits and 17 times at bat, one double, one home run, three walks, four RBIs, and seven strikeouts. Jackie Robinson will bat fourth, and he will play third base. Jackie has five hits and 17 times at bat, one double, one home run, one RBI, three walks, and one strikeout. Yell Hodges carrying a 412 batting average into today's game with seven hits and 17 times at bat. He is but one RBI away from tying Lou Gehrig's mark. However, Lou uh, set that in uh, four games. So Hodges will be at first base. Sandy Amos, who has one hit and 13 times at bat, will be in left field. Sandy has one run batted in, one walk, three strikeouts. He's batting 0-77. Carl Fellow, the strong man, will be in uh, right field for the Dodgers. Has five for 18, 278 batting average, two doubles, one run batted in, two walks, and one strikeout. And Roy Cabanello with four for 15. Will do the catching, 267 average. Clem Levine will do the pitching today for Brooklyn. Clem has never started a series game. He has uh, relieved eight times in series competition, three and 53, four and 55, one and 56. He worked uh, two innings in the third game, you may recall, and he worked well. He has a one victory, two loss uh, record in the series. He lost twice at Yankee Stadium, 53, and he won the fourth game at Evans Field, 55, eight to five. His record on the season was 10 and six. He started only three games. He appeared in 62 games, which uh, shows his great value to the Dodgers. Gave up only 111 hits in 115 and two-third innings, and only 43 earned runs for a remarkable earned run average of 3.34. Uh, Clem was born in Lincoln, uh, Rhode Island, August 6, 1926, 6'185 pounder. He broke an index finger on his pitching hand uh, about a year ago, or perhaps more, and the finger, uh, the extreme outer joint, did not heal correctly, and it toes in a little. Uh, Clem explains that that helps the ball uh, have a little more spin than perhaps would normally come from a hand that was not broken. I don't suggest that little leaguers go around and break their index fingers, but uh, that's what happened to uh, Clem Labine. So the fans have jammed in here. Clem Labine has finished his warm-ups, and ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
Curley is uh, still throwing down in the left of the infield, getting all set. Uh, born September 19, 1930 at Troy, Illinois. He's 6'2", 205-pounder. Used to be a blazing fastballer. Now with his modified delivery, he tries to get the ball over. Uh, this will be uh, Bob Turley's uh, second appearance. He's made two relief appearances in this series, striking out three of the four many plays. He lost his only start in World Series competition of Padres in the third game of 1955. So, bullet Bob Turley goes for the New York Yankees. Clem Levine goes for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And the Dodgers, with their backs to the wall, must win today to continue the fight for the World Series championship of 1956. Clem Levine walking out to the mound. The umpires today hang sore behind the plate. Dusty Bodges at first. Larry Knapp will be at second, and Babe Pinelli will be at third base. Tom Guam of the National League along the right field foul line, and Ed Runge of the American League along the left field foul line. And as we pointed out earlier, a strong breeze blowing out in the direction of right and right center field. The left field foul line here in Ebbets Field, 348 feet. Left center is 351. Straightaway center is 393. And in right center is 376, and it falls away quickly to 318 with a right field foul line being only 297 feet away with a high 40-foot fence out there to uh, act as a catch-all. So Hank Bauer, who will lead off for the New York Yankees, steps into the right-hand batter's box. Clem Levine, who was the ace fireman for the Dodgers in their drive to the pennant, starts a big ball game for the Dodgers and ready to start in the first four-and-a-half inning. My associates on this uh, great World Series, Bob Wolf. Thank you, Bob Neal. Hank Bob, batting 273, playing right field, steps in to lead off against Clem Levine, who are all set for the first pitch of this game. Here's the windup, and Levine's first one is high and inside for ball one. Roy Campanella doing the receiving. A beautiful afternoon, sunny, clear, blue skies, and that breeze blowing out toward right. Now wait. Here comes the next pitch. It's swung on. There's a foul going off to the side, out of play. And the count is now one and one to Hank Bauer, who has one home run so far in the series, 273 average. On the mound, a fellow throws a great sinker ball pitch, Clem Levine, who has made one earlier appearance in the series. He did a two-inning relief stint following up for Roger Craig in the third game at Yankee Stadium. One and one. Here comes the pitch. A curve is low. And the count now two balls and a strike. Clem works the seventh and eighth inning. In his earlier appearance, coming in trailing 4-3, Yankees got an unearned run off Clem in the eighth, one behind Whitey Ford, 5-3. Two balls, strike one. The pitch, swung on. There's a high foul going deep to right. And it lands up against the fence outside the uh, right field line and bounces back into the crowd. So it's now 2-2 two two to Hank Bauer with Joe Collins and Mickey Mantle coming up following him. appearance against New York. Clem gave up a run-scoring double to Yogi Berra. Walked one, fan two in his two innings. He delivers. There's the ball going at the short center field. Snyder's racing in for it. Can't get it. It drops in there for a base hit in the short center. And Bauer is on with a single. Hank Bauer leading off with a single in the short center. Jim Gilliam, the second baseman, also was going out. Reese started out. And Snyder making the run in. Could not get to it. Collins stepped in with Bauer on first base and nobody out. And Collins, batting 188, has two runs fouled in. (laughs) 
left-handed batter with a crouch to the plate. Here's the pitch. A curve is low. And the count is ball one to Joe Collins. Bauer on first. This is the top of the first inning. Another capacity crowd here in Brooklyn. And that breeze blowing out toward right. The bind, right-hander, gets the sign. Stretch a pause. Look toward first. Here's the pitch. And there's the ground ball going out to Gilliam. Over the leaf, gets one. The first, double play. Gilliam, the leaf to Hodges. Two away. Two outs from the top of the first. That brings Mickey Mantle to the plate. Hitting 294. With three homers and four runs final in the series. Mickey has been the power guy of the series. His three homers are top for both clubs, as are his 14 total bases. And they're using the mantle shift with Reese, Gilliam, and Hodges on the right side of the infield. The pitch comes in low for a ball. Robinson is the sole protector of the left side, and Jackie is stationed midway between second and third. Reese, Gilliam, and Hodges from the barricade on the right side between first and second. Pitch breaks too close and goes right by Campanella for ball two. Two away, the top of the first inning. Mickey Mantle for plate. All of Mickey's homers have been hit from the left-handed side. He's up there batting left-handed against Thunderbine. He hit a homer off Sal Magley in the first game, off Ed Robuck in the fourth, and a third off Magley in the fifth. The pitch is a curve low. And the count goes to ball three, the mantle. Grillo is playing deep in right. Snyder's moved over to right center. Amaros, the far way from the line and left. There's a ground ball going to Gilliam. The throw to Hodges for the out. Gilliam didn't have to move for that one. Right to him. So in the top of the first inning, no runs, one hit, no errors, and nobody left. And after the middle of the first inning, New York nothing, Brooklyn nothing. This is the first time since 1952 that the series has ended up in the National League Park. And it was the same two ball clubs then. You find this in the summary of every World Series in the handy Best Park edition of the official encyclopedia of baseball that's yours absolutely free with purchase of a Gillette Super Speed Razor at the regular price. Here's the cream of the big comprehensive $5.95 Sands Authority condensed to 320 pages. It contains the lifetime records, nicknames, birth dates of major league players, diagrams of seating plans and playing areas of every big league park. All-time leaders in runs, hits, and pitching. Records of every World Series player. All-star game results. And much, much more. In season or out, here's a book you'll refer to again and again. Remember, you get it free with the purchase of the Gillette Super Speed Razor, Gillette Blue Blade Dispenser and Travel Case for just $1. Regular price of a razor set alone. Facing Bob Turley, Jim Gilliam leads off. Followed by Reese and Snyder in this home first. Gilliam is batting 12.59, but he leads both clubs in drawing walks with five. Batting left. Curly. 
Kelly. Right hand on the mound. And we're all set for this home first to get underway. No score here at Evans Field in Brooklyn. Kelly takes a big, deep sigh. And now he's all set as he delivers. And a straight on this is strike one. As the ball game gets underway with Curly pitching, a rather unusual sight. And that is down in the Yankee bullpen. At the same time that Turley is in the mound pitching, Johnny Cook is warming up. There's a high hopper over the pitcher's head. It's taken by Martin. He throws the first three out. Beautiful play. Billy Martin came in in front of the bag at second base. Lost his balance as he went lunging forward for the ball, and just as he was plunging to the ground, he whipped the ball to first base to get Gilliam on a tremendous fielding play. Kiwi Reese is hitting 286. Here's the pitch, and it's for ball one to Reese to be followed by Snyder. There's a foul back over our heads. And the count now one and one to number one, Kiwi Reese. And there's one out. play by Billy Martin, retired Jim Gilliam, and we've certainly seen some tremendous defensive plays in the series. As a matter of fact, this series has had everything, defensive plays, tremendous pitching, and certainly outstanding hitting. There's a foul, right down to the right, going just above the Dodger dugout and back into the stand, and it's now two strikes from the ball to reach, as Yogi Berra drops up a new ball, throws it out to the mound to Bob Curley. Early 26 years old, born in Troy, Illinois, lives in Baltimore. He's 62, 210 pounds. Known for that great speed and a good curveball, which he has developed along with it. Two strikes in the ball. The pitch comes in high. On the count now, two and two to Reese. was the American League strikeout king with the Orioles back in 1954 with 185. He finally relinquished the title to Herb Score in 1955. And Curly's pitch is one and a And Reese is out. It's very interesting to note that Curly like John Larson has an abbreviated windup and hoist the arm the fire above his head. And you may also recall, like John Larson, that they both came to the Yankees in the same deal. Came from Baltimore in an 18-player deal back on November of 1954. Here's the Duke, Duke Snyder, with two away in the home first. The pitch, one and a miss. Snyder really took a cut of the ball. He was going whole hot. It's strike one. Snyder is one homer and four RBIs. He takes that big cut of the ball. Pitches high, and the count is one and one. 
Duke has struck out more times than any other player in either club. Seven. He's taken the third strike three times, swung at the third one four times, but is a very dangerous hitter at all times. He looks at a curve as it drops low, and it's two balls, strike one. Here's a fellow with an explosive bat at the plate. He can really powder that apple. So he's up there now. Big left-handed batter with ball two and strike one. And two away in this home first. A ground out and a strikeout. The pitch is fouled back out of play. Count now is two and two to Duke Snyder. We're in the home first and there's no score in the ball game. Yogi Berra rubbing up a new ball before sending it out to the mound. Frank Soar is calling the balls and strikes this afternoon. Two and two to Snyder. Mantle is playing very deep and over toward right center. Here's the pitch. And there goes the line drive to left. Porter comes in. Can't get it. Takes it in the house. A big hit for Snyder. A solid liner. Out to left field. Slightly toward left center where Porter was playing him. Jackie Robinson, batting in the number four spot, comes up now with Snyder on first, and two away. Robinson has a 294 average and one homer. Jackie, right-handed batter, stands deep in the battle spot. Here's Curly's pitch, and it's over the outside corner for a called strike. Each side has had one hit in this game. In the top of the inning, Bauer had a base hit, 20 yards. And here in this home first, Snyder is on first base for the hit. Two away. Robinson waits. Strike one the count. And the pitch is inside. The count now one and one to Jackie Robinson, batting in the number four spot for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Bob Turley has pitched good ball against the uh, Dodgers and prior appearances. Curly delivers, and there's a foul back out of play. Here's the fan made a good grab of that one, judging by the applause up above. Two strikes, ball one to Robinson. Stretch and applause by the right-hander. And the pitch, there goes a line drive right to McDougal. He didn't have to move. A well-tagged ball. So Robinson is out to retire the side with no runs, one hit, no errors, and one left. The score at the end of the first inning. Yanks nothing, Dodgers nothing. Piggyback's better. Paper makes a diamond, 
The pitch is wide. Campanello was moving outside the dish that time as it appeared that photo might be breaking. One and one. Florida leads off first and draws a throw. last one that Levine threw up to the plate may have been there in the form of a pitch out. At any rate, it broke a little further uh, away from the plate than appears the pitcher had anticipated. Campanella made a good save. Here it comes over for a called strike. And it's two strikes and ball one to Billy Martin. The Levine keeps the ball low. He has a good sinker pitch, good curveball, and good speed. Base. Takes the lead. Two strikes in the ball. Here it comes. And Martin sends a routine fly ball into short right center. Snyder makes the catch. So here in the top of the second, there are two outs. On first base is Enos Slaughter. And Gil McDougall, playing shortstop, hitting 154, steps in to face the bind. There are many who say that Clem is just about top in his relief appearances. He's not used very often as a starter. The pitch is a curve for a call strike. By Levine as he brought that one over Aquinez from the outside corner. Strike one, the count. A throw to first base, and Slaughter gets back to the bag. McDougal steps outside the batter's box. Now Gill is back in. Now Field is back deep for him. Slaughter again leads off first. Here it comes, and there's a foul going off to the left and going into the New York Yankee dugout. Two strikes to Gil McDougall, little plate dusting by Hank Soar. During the regular season, Levine posted a 10-6 record. Clem started three times and completed one. Relieved 59 times. Two strikes to count. Slaughter leads off first. Here's the pitch. And it comes in low. Two strikes and a ball. Two strikes. Ball one to Gil McDougall. With Slaughter on first base. Two away in the top of the second. There's no score in the ball game. There have been two hits so far for New York and one for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Here comes the pitch and a swing and miss as Gil McDougall goes down swinging and a breaking pitch on the outside corner. So the side is retired in the top of the second inning here with the total showing no runs, one hit, no errors, and a man left. And the score at the middle of the second the Yanks nothing, Brooklyn nothing. You hear a lot about the Yankee reserve strength, and a large part of it is having fellows like Bill Scowen available for use when needed. 
Bill fed a mouthful in an interview at Yankee Stadium. We recorded it, and here's the punchline. For my money, there's only one way to get a decent shave. That's with a Gillette blade and a Gillette razor. And when Bill says Gillette razor, he means his Gillette Super Speed. Today, there are three. The light, regular, and heavy. One's exactly right for you. Scientifically designed with the right blade edge exposure, edge angle, and weight to match your skin and beard exactly. What shaves you get? Quick, clean, they never miss. And they're so easy to come by. Twist the handle, hook on a new blade, twist again, and you're ready to shave. One dollar buys the Gillette Super Speed Razor, Gillette Blue Blade Dispenser Travel Case, and as a World Series special, you get the Fact-Filled Baseball Encyclopedia attached free. The home second, Gil Hodges, Sandy Amos, Carl Perillo, the first three men later to step up against Bob Curley. And Curley now is going on his own as there is no further bullpen activity. Big hand for Hodges, batting 412, who has a homer, and eight runs batted in. He leads both clubs and runs batted in with eight, and that's only one short of Lou Gehrig's record total of nine in the 1928 series. Bob Turley on the mound. Looks in, gets the sign from Yogi Berra. No score, we're in the home second. And the pitch is fouled back. Turley takes no extensive windup of any sort. He gets the sign, comes up with the arms just barely above the belt. Chest high on some occasions and then fires the ball in. So the Brooklyn Dodgers are seeing two very comparable styles on two successive days. Here's the pitch, and it's low. One and one. Archers at the plate. He's tied for the series leadership in three offensive departments beside RBIs. Right-handed batter waiting. Here it comes, and the pitch is high, almost selling over Bella's net for two balls and strike one. And the home second, no score in the game. Gill's 4-12 batting average tied him with Enos Slaughter of the Yankees starting out today. And his seven hits also tied him with Slaughter for number one spot in that department. Hodges, a power hitter, and Slaughter's playing just a few feet from the fence. There's a pitch high. Three balls, strike one. Curley's fastballs, last two, have really made Yogi Berra stretch. So it's three balls and a strike to Hodges, leading off in the home second. Curley, during the course of his pitching career in the majors, has changed his style many, many times. There's ball four, also high on a fastball. Hodges moves to first base. And Sandy Amarose, batting 077. Playing left field, comes up. Sandy Amarose steps in, Hodges on first. And the pitch high for a ball. Amarose. In and waiting. For the count ball one. Hodges on first, there's nobody out. Stretch in the pause by Shirley. And the pitch. 
There's the ground ball taken by the first baseman, Collins. He throws to McDougal for one. Back to the pitcher covering him first, too late. Moved over there quickly about Amos beat the relay. Here's Carl Barillo batting 278. That play at second went from uh, Collins to McDougal. And Amos beating the relay to first, crossed first safely as Hodges was forced to second. Barillo batting 278 steps up with one out and one on. No score in the home second. And Shirley working as Cook warms up in the Yankee bullpen. The pitch is low for a ball. Carl is tied with Gil Hodges for a series leadership and doubles. Each is two. You may recall that one of Rillo's doubles wound up as an out of third with the Yankees pulling off a brilliant relay. That was in the third game of the series with Hank Bauer firing to Martin, who relayed the ball to Carey. Ball one to Thrillo. Amros takes the lead. Stretching the balls by Trilly. And the pitch is swung on a miss. It's a one-on-one -on -one count to Big Carl. Speaking of two baggers, Carl had 30 doubles and 31 homers during the regular season, but not a single triple. Stretching the balls by Trilly. And the pitch misses the outside corner. And the count goes to two balls and a strike to Perillo with Campanella on deck. Shirley steps back off the mound. Shirley has gone through successive periods of being a slow pitcher in the mound and then a rapid pitcher. And today he's working at sort of medium speed as far as time between pitches go. Here he comes, and there's a high foul off to the right. Counts two and two. Curly, who has had control problems in the past, first thought, along with the coaches, that it would be a better system if he worked at a slower gate between pitches, sort of studying the situation, getting set. But the Yankee Board of Strategy then found that if he worked at a faster clip, he would be even more effective. The two-and-two two pitch is missed as Perillo goes down swinging. Last one came in, jobbed at the knees. So, Roy Campanella hitting 267, batting eight to win the catching, is stepping in. And here in this home second, Amaros is on first base with two away, no score. For Campanella, I say that Mickey Mantle has moved slightly toward right center field. And Florida's playing uh, very deep and slightly toward left center. Here comes the pitch, and it hits the outside corner for a tall strike. Well, I was moving back slightly that time. It's strike one from Bob Turley. I'm off on first with two away. Shandy now leads off base. He waits. Here it comes. And there's a foul going back out of play. And the count now to Campanella. Strike two. Thus far in the ball game, two hits for the New York Yankees and one for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Snyder getting the uh, lone single for the Dodgers. 
And for the Yankees, Bauer has singled and Barra has singled. Shirley rubbing up a new ball. Shirley has made two brief relief appearances in the series with excellent performances. They're conceding it cannot be both foul lines in the defensive setup. He moves back from a curve and falls to the ground. Count two strikes and a ball. Bob Curley, believed in the eighth inning of the opening game, next day came in also in relief. Two strikes and a ball. And the next pitch drives Campanella back from the plate. And the count goes two and two with two outs and a man on first. Prior to his appearance today, Turley had faced four batters in the series and retired them all three by strikeout. He also made two appearances in the 1955 series, losing one game. Two and two. Scratch in the pause by Turley. And the pitch is missed by Campanella. He goes on in a strikeout. That's two in a row to end the home second. Three strikeouts altogether, and the total show, no runs, no hits, no errors, one left. The score, after two innings of play, Yanks nothing, Dodgers nothing. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp, and listen, mister. Get out and under it in right center field. Number 
Curley. Steps in with one out and nobody on. And the top of the third. No score in the ball game. And we're being treated to another great pitching duel in these early innings. Levine and Curley, both men working and looking very sharp. A curveball moves Curley back. It's ball one. Levine throws that sinker. Fastball sinks two. Curve drops down. It's a tough ball to hit. And there's one fired down the middle. And the count is strike one and ball one. Curley taking the last pitch. Levine goes to the Rosenberg. delivers, and he's over the outside corner for a call strike two. Two strikes, ball one to Turley. They're playing Bob to hit a bit late, playing him toward right. He swings and dribbles one back to the pitcher, and the line throws the first base for the out. Clement to come in toward the first base line as Turley tops that ball. And he's out number two, Levine to Hodges. That brings up Hank Bauer, who has one of the two Yankee hits. He's single center. Hank steps in with two outs. Swings and misses. Strike one. On the count to Hank Bauer. The pitch is far back for strike two. Two strikes to count. This is Levine's first start in a World Series game. He's relieved eight times in series competition. Has two strikes to Bauer with two away and nobody on base. No score, third inning. Right-hander delivers, and he's inside and high. Levine established a Brooklyn club record in 1956 by pitching in 62 games, 59 relief, three starts. Now it's set. Two outs. The pitch is lined to center field for a base hit for Bauer. Coming in the field of ball is Snyder, and Bauer has a second hit. A sharp liner to center field. Putting a man on first with two away and bringing up Collins. Joe Collins in the first inning grabbing into a double play. And there's a hard hit ball which is knocked down by Pee Wee Reese. It dribbles a few feet away. Collins, as Bauer moves in a second. That hard hit ball went right through the middle by Levine. Peewee uh, made a dive for the ball behind a second, knocked it down, but there was no play made on it. As Collins is on first and Bauer on second, a great bit of defensive work. Mantle comes up with two on and two out. 
Sends a high hopper to Gil Hodges, who goes to the bag and right on top. Thank you. 
He came in. The ball dropped about five or six feet in front of him. He picked it up and threw the second to Billy Martin. In time to get Gilliam, who thought that he could leg it out for two bases. Gilliam gets fitted for a single and was thrown out. As Martin made the tag. Two outs and Reese at the plate. He dropped one to Collins for the out. Reese backed away from an inside pitch, appeared to accidentally hit the ball. He lofted it to the first baseman, Collins, who reached up and hauled it in for the out. And now we've seen two unusual plays here in this home third, and the side is retired. So, in the third, no runs, one hit. No errors, and nobody left. And the score. After three innings of play, the Yanks nothing, Brooklyn nothing. Great pitching this afternoon, and what great pitching we saw yesterday. What a thrill, Don Lawson's magnificent performance. There's one that will never be forgotten. Just tremendous. You know, Larson broke into the majors with the St. Louis Browns back in 1953 and played the outfield as well as pitch. He was traded to the Yankees in 1955, posted a 9-1 two-loss record. Don was born in Michigan City, Indiana, 27 years ago. You can put your finger right on tracks like these in a jiffy with the new condensed edition of the official Encyclopedia of Baseball. This handy 320-page digest of a big comprehensive standard authority in the game is yours absolutely free with purchase of the Gillette Super Speed Razor at the regular price. Better pick up your copy tonight. In the fourth inning, Yogi Berra leads off for New York. He followed by Enos Slaughter. Sends a ground ball out to Gilliam, who makes the throw over the Hodges, and Yogi's out. Colbera has one for two today. Here's Enos Slaughter, who turned adversity into good fortune. He lost the ball out there in the start. Ball right in front of him. But he got it over to second in time to get Gilliam to try to make two bases on the play. Slaughter is over one at the plate this afternoon. Here's the pitch. And there goes a high fly ball to deep center field. Snyder is going back. And he has it. About a foot or so from the center path in deep center. Still out. In the top of the fourth inning. As Billy Martin who flied out to center on the second, comes up now with nobody aboard. Paul Martin is up there. And the first pitch breaks from the outside corner for a call strike to Billy Martin. Billy steps out to get some dirt. and he keeps it low, too low. This time it's ball one, one and one. The Yankees with four hits, all have been singles. And the Brooklyn Dodgers have two hits. They also have been singles. 
No score. We're in the top of the fourth. Levine against Curley. Martin swings as the line drive going to right field. It's in fair territory. Hits up against the wall. Deal it by Ferrello. And Martin holds the first base after making the turn. Ball fired the ball in the second to Pee Wee Reese. And Martin is content with a single. It popped off the wall and right. Off the fence there. Ferrello's great defensive work. As elbows Yankee runners from trying for an extra base. Here's McDougal, who struck out on the second. Stepping in with a man on first and two away. The Yankees have hit safely in each of these first four innings with a total of five hits altogether to two for the Brooklyn Dodgers. No score. This game is featuring some great defense and certainly some standout pitching. McDougal at the plate. And the pitch comes to low for a ball. Looks out for the mound. Now the bind set. The stretch and the pause. The pitch is over for a call strike. A breaking pitch just above the maze in the inside corner. On the count now to McDougal is one and one as he steps out. Looks down to Frankie Crossetti of third, coaching there for the moment. Now he's back in. Now feels slightly around toward left. Martin leads off first base. Count one and one. Two away. There goes Martin. And the ball is fouled at the plate. Billy had a big jump that time. He was off and running. And it's now two strikes and a ball to McDougal. Robinson, Reese, Gilliam, and Hodges from the Dr. and Dale. Campanella behind the plate. Damo, Snyder, and Perillo out there in the outfield. A beautiful afternoon for baseball, and no score in the ball game. Now the mind set once again. Two strikes, ball on the count. Here comes the pitch. And there goes a high fly ball to deep left field. Amaros is back. He's sitting in the center path, waiting, and has it. He takes it just about a foot of goal from the center path. Well, they could go with a high fly out. Sandy was back there waiting, and pull it in. In the fourth inning, then, no runs, one hit, no errors, and one left. And the score, at the middle of the fourth, Yanks nothing, Brooklyn nothing. Curly pitching to Snyder, Robinson, and Hodges. You know, Curly is a good fastball and a good curve and a good changeup. He's mighty tough for these Brooklyn Dodgers to hit. I'd like to see how early wins great knuckler would work against the Dodgers. Not the best in the business, but then Early looks good at about everything he does. And he sure looks good when he leaves the park. Well groomed, clean shave. He uses a Gillette Super Speed Razor. Have you looked over the three? Light, regular, and heavy? One is scientifically designed for your combination of skin and beard. Those shaves you get. Fast, refreshing, and clean. That's guaranteed. The light Gillette Super Speed Razor with minimum blade edge exposure is for men with tender skin and most younger men. The regular is for average skin and beard. The heavy with greater blade edge exposure and special edge angle is for men who like the heft and feel of a heavier razor. One dollar buys the Gillette Super Speed Razor of your choice. 
with Gillette blue blade dispenser and trim fabricate. And while they last, you get the compact official baseball encyclopedia free. the ball game. Duke Snyder, who singled the left center in the first inning, leads off against Bob Curley. The Duke steps in. On the outfield goes deep. Curley gets the side for Bella. Here's the pitch, and it's blown inside for ball one. Snyder followed by Robinson and Hodges. Hodges is two hits. Snyder is one of the two, and Gilliam is the other. one. A curve is missed, and it's one and one to Snyder. Shirley's been bringing that glove up just about built high as he starts his delivery. Whipping the ball in from there. Well, he's similar to the uh, Larson style we saw just the other day. Here's the next pitch. And there's a ball top foul outside the third base line, which on the seat looks like Snyder was trying to check his swing that time. It's two strikes and ball one to the Duke. Charlie rubbing up a new ball. Steps back off the mound. This is Charlie's second series start. An inning of the third back last year. It was here at Brooklyn. He lost that game 8-3. to three. His record this past season, eight wins and four losses. Gets a new ball. Now a little rosin. And now he's all set once again to look in toward the plate where Snyder is waiting. With a two-strike ball, one count. Leading off the home point. Here comes the pitch. And a swing on it. This Curley is notching up the strikeout. That's five so far. And it brings up Robinson, who lined one to Gil McDougald in the first inning. One out, and nobody on. Mantle is now moving over slightly toward left center, and he's playing deep for Robinson. But Slaughter back, got sun beating down, and deep left. There's a pitch wall for a ball. Ball one to Jackie Robinson. Andy Carey has moved over close to the line behind third. And McDougal has pulled over a bit more in the hole. And now Robinson steps out. Gets a better grip on that bat. Now he's back in. Ball one the count. Here's the pitch. And it's low. As soon as Robinson was set there, Turley quickly unleashed that one. Bob, once he gets set in pitching position, doesn't fool around. He just throws him in there. Every takes a few seconds' time between pitches. Ball two now to Jackie Robinson. Here's the next one. And ball three. It's high inside. We're in the home fourth of a scoreless ball game. Three to count to Robinson. So far, Curley has walked one man. That was Hodges. Back in the second. So there's the second walk as the pitch comes in high and inside. And Robinson is on the way to 
first base with one out. There's one on. And here's Hodges, who also has walked, coming up here in this fourth. At the moment, there's no activity in the uh, Yankee bullpen. Martin is coming to speak to Charlie of the mound. Now the second baseman goes back to his position. Hodges, a power hitter, is at the plate. Gill adjusts his protective cap there for the moment before looking out for the mound. Outfield is far back to Gill. Robinson leads off first base. Big lead. Draws a look. Here's the pitch. One on is a fly ball going to short right. Bauer is in waiting, and he has it. So Hodges is out number two. Robinson staying in first. There's no score. Robinson on first, two out. The batter Amos. He's over one. He swings and misses for strike one. I feel the round toward right. Bowers playing just to put us all from the uh, center path in uh, deep right, uh, just to the side of the scoreboard. Waters moved to left center. Robinson, a big size lead at first base. Here comes the pitch, and it's wide. Count of one and one to Amos. Always worrisome for a pitcher when a fellow like Robinson gets on those bases. Two away. Shirley steps back off the mound for the ball. Now what's going to get the sign? Stretch and a pause. The look toward first. Robinson edges off a bit. Here comes the pitch. It's popped up. Waiting for the ball. Shielding his eyes is Andy Carey. And he makes the catch. Side retired in the home fourth with no runs, no hits, no errors, and one left. And the score at the end of four innings, New York nothing, Brooklyn nothing. Rillo is under it. And has it. Carl 
finally hauled it in, and a fairly deep right center, just a foot or so from the cinder path off to the left of the big scoreboard as you look out. As we told you, there's a breeze, a fairly stiff one now, pulling out toward right. And that ball had fairly good carry on it, although Perillo was watching it all the way. He was back there and waiting. So Terry is out. And there's one out on the top of the fifth. The pitcher Bob Turley was 0 for 1. He grounded out, stepped in. Here's the bind pitch. And it's low for a ball. Once again, the uh, outfield defense for Turley finds Perillo moved in a bit and close to the line. Snyder over right center. The pitch misses the outside corner, and it's ball two to Curley. The line goes back to the Rosen bag. It's a nothing-nothing ball game. In this, the top of the fifth inning. One out. The line starts the windup. Delivers, and it's down the middle for a call strike one. Two balls, strike one to Curley. goes to the Rosen bag. Guys ready. The Yankees haven't won a series game in the Brooklyn Park since Jim McDonald beat Johnny Padres 11-7 back in 1953. The pitch is popped up. Gil Hodges comes in near the mound to the right of it, takes it, and Furley is out number two. Two outs in the top of the fifth, and Hank Bauer, who with two singles to center field. Steps in now with the bases empty, and still no score on the game. Yanks nothing, the Brooklyn Dodgers nothing. Bauer leads the Yankees and hits with eight. And the first pitch is low for a ball. Both these teams are just packed with players who seem to respond to pressure the many great assets they have as athletes. Ball one to Bauer. There goes a fly ball to left field. Amaros is coming in and makes the catch. That wasn't hit too solid. It was a rather spinning uh, fly ball going out there, and Amaros had to come in to make the grab for the out. So on the uh, fifth, there are no runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left. And the score at the middle of the fifth inning, Yanks nothing, Brooklyn nothing. Well, Bowers two hits today, give him eight in the series, and a 3.20 average. He'll have to go some, though, to reach his manager's series average. In 12 games, Casey hit 393. you find the record of every series player, along with World Series summary, in the pocket-sized edition of the official Encyclopedia of Baseball. And it's free with the purchase of a Gillette Super Speed Razor at the regular price. Here's the cream of the big $5 dollar and 95 cent standard authority. Major League player roster, nicknames, birthdates, lifetime records, how they bat and throw, all-star game results, Hall of Fame section, plus baseball war like Johnny Vandermeer's two no-hitters, how Ladies' Day and Night Baseball started. You get this compact digest free with the Gillette Super Speed Razor that matched to your face for shaving luxury. Razor, Gillette Blue Blade Dispenser, Travel Case, and Baseball Encyclopedia. The whole works. Cost just $1.
regular price of the razor alone. Pleasure to bring you the mic for the second half of the game. A man who was known for his top notch supporting, Bob Neal. Thank you very much, Bob Wolf. Hello, everybody. The last half of the fifth inning, the Brooklyn Dodgers send Kyle Fullo against Big Bob Curley. Fullo so far has struck out in his one appearance. He had five hits out of 18 times at bat in the series so far, which now gives him five out of 19. He steps out. Waiting for Bob Shirley to get up there. Shirley with that modified uh, wind-up, and the pitch comes to him, and he tries to duck away, and he lines a foul off the facing of the box seat back to first base. Strike one. Joe Collins is over to retrieve that ball. The Yankees have no runs. They have picked up five hits, and they have committed no errors. The Brooklyn Dodgers, no runs, two hits, and no errors. The outfield for the Yankees has Mickey Mantle a few steps over in right center. Deep in right is uh, Hank Bauer with Slaughter over in the sun field in left. Carries backed up along the foul line. Also a right-hand batter. Bends at the waist and the pitch comes and he checks his swing and a fastball pops over the outside corner strike two. So it's two strikes to Kyle Fellow. He looks down for a little consolation to Billy Herman coaching at third. Jake Pittler coaching at first. Bob Curley. Looks into Yogi Barra. And the wind blowing strongly out towards right field. Here's the two-strike delivery. A big curve that misses outside. One ball, two strikes now. As Carl Fellow steps in there. Roy Campanella on deck. Shouting encouragement along with the bat boy, the brow. And Walter O'Malley, who's celebrating his birthday, sitting down there trying to cheer his team on to victory. Here's the 1-2 pitch. Comes to Perlow. It's too close. Inside. Ball two. Carl ducks out of the way of that one. Stayed right up there the last second. And Yogi Barra practically dug it out of his ear. So it's two balls, two strikes. The Dodgers with their backs to the wall trying to fight back. The Yankees leading three games to two in the World Series of 1956. And it's back home for the Dodgers in Ebbets Field. Curley's ready. 2-2 delivery. Swung on and foul tip hung on to by Yogi Barra. Strike three. So Perello becomes strikeout victim number six for Bob Curley. And that's the second time that Perello has gone down by a strikeout. So it brings up Roy Campanello, who in the second inning became the final out with the third strikeout recorded by Curley. Campy's had four hits and 15 times at bat in the series. Four for 16 now with one double, three runs batted in. He's walked uh, three times, and he has struck out five times. Pitch comes to him. Swings misses. Strike one. Curley firing that fastball and keeping it close and inside. And Roy Campanella taking a big swing and not quite getting it. Outfield straight away. Left side of the infield backed up with Andy Carey about three steps off the foul line. The pitch comes to Campanella. Big soft curve outside for a ball. So it's one ball, one strike on the scoreboard with one out. Mickey Mantle straight away in center field. Slaughter deep and left. And around and right is Hank Bauer. Curly looks. And the kick and the pitch comes. A fastball swung on and missed. It's like two. So Bob Curley does not look like the Bob Curley that many of the American League clubs saw during the season of 1956 in that he has walked only two men. His control has been great. 
So it's one and two in the one-two delivery. Campanella swings and he misses for strikeout number seven for Curley. So Curley's got the Dodgers going for the long ball, and he has struck out seven of them. And I presume uh, with this only the last half of the fifth inning, Mr. Curley's got plenty of time to be thinking about Carl Erskine's strikeout record, which is in the Encyclopedia Baseball, 14 in one game. The batter now is the pitcher, Clem Levine. Clem is a pretty fine uh, hitter. Where's number 41 and steps in there? He struck out in the third inning. He was strike out number four in Turley's uh, spring of seven. That ball strike one call. Kept it just above the belt on the outside corner. Mickey Mantle is uh, fairly shallow and a few steps over in right center field. Bowers around in right. The pitch comes. That ball swung on a miss. Strike two. So Bob Turley standing in there has struck out the first two men to face him here in the fifth inning. He's got two strikes in Clem Levine. So he's ready in the two-strike pitch. It's swung on and it's strike three. So Bob Turley gets strikeout number eight. And in the fifth inning, the Brooklyn Dodgers go down in one, two, three order. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left on. And at the end of five full innings to play, the score is New York Yankees nothing and the Brooklyn Dodgers nothing. In the top of the sixth inning, for the Yankees, it will be Joe Collins going against Clem has not matched Bob Turley in the strikeout department. He has recorded actually only one. He got McDougal in the second inning. But he has uh, been very stingy. He's given up only five hits. Here's the pitch now coming to Joe Collins. Scoreless tie, and it's low and inside for ball one. Of the five hits, Hank Bauer has two of them. Levine is ready, the outfield shaded to the right, and the one-ball delivery coming to Collins. A curveball pulls it foul down the first baseline, bounces off the pacing, and one of the fans leaning over scoops that one up. So it's one ball and one strike. Enos uh, Slaughter is still uh, waiting for the news from Kansas City on the arrival of uh, the expected Slaughter heir or heiress. Herb Hepp, to one of our statisticians, has already heard. He's become the proud papa of a new baby boy. 1-1 pitch. There's a drive deep in the right center field. Snyder going back. The wind is carrying it. Still backing up near the wall, and he has got it. So Collins puts Snyder back near the curve of the wall to take his long bid for a drive here in the sixth inning, and there's one out. Well, Herb Heff's the fourth little boy, and Walter O'Malley of the Dodgers and myself will have something in common. We will all enjoy the same birthday. It's rather nice treat by fate. I have to name him Walter Robert Heff. Mickey Mantle is in there, and Levine deals a fastball. There's a broken bat and a ground ball to the right side. Glove by Gilliam, fires the first, he's out. Junior Gilliam breaking to his right, backhanding that ball, riding himself and firing it over to Hodges for the out. So there's two out in the sixth inning. And these two fine pitches today, just as has been the case all through the series, 
and principally in the last two ball games with Larson and Magley yesterday uh, tagging up in a real uh, doozer. And here today, Sal uh, Magley looking on as the man who uh, did so much to help the Dodgers climb up to the National League pennant is out there in a starting role. The batter's Yogi Berra, and the pitch comes to him. And he lines this one out in the right center field. Duke Snyder breaking to his left, coming over. Carl Frillo going over. Snyder gloves it. Berra starts for second, and here's the throw coming to second, and it's in there for a double. So Yogi Berra slides in safely, beating the throw from Duke Snyder, who cut across beautifully, gloved that ball, and his throw was all in the same motion. So Yogi Berra... The first extra base hit of this ball game. And the Yankees have a runner at second base. Two out in the battery and a slaughter. Enos uh, forced a runner. Yogi Barra in the second inning after Yogi single. That's the second hit for Yogi today. He now has uh, seven hits in 21 times at bat in the series. Slaughter number 17, the outfield pull to the right. The look to the second, the pitch comes, a curve that pops just a little too low for ball one. Hank Saw, the American League, working back to the plate. Junior Gilliam at second base, backed up one step off the edge of the outfield grass. Hodges deep at first. Barra leads away from second, the pitch to Slaughter, a curve that's outside for ball two. a little perturbed at himself for not getting that ball over the plate. He's trying to keep it outside the slaughter. And he got it just a little bit too uh, much outside to catch the strike zone. Robinson uh, playing well off third with his left-hand batter up there. The check of the runner and the pitch comes to slaughter. Curveball, he tops a roller foul, racing uh, over to the box seats down there and uh, gentleman, scoops his hat over the rail, uses it as a glove, and he's got a souvenir. So it's two balls and one strike, and Ian slaughters the batter, and there's no score. And we are in the sixth inning, and it's the top of the sixth for the Yankees. The wind uh, up high is strong, and it's blowing out towards Bedford Avenue, which means out towards right field or right center. Levine takes his stretch. He checks Barra. The pitch to Slaughter. Fastball. It's inside for ball three. Three balls, one strike. So Clem Levine is in a bit of a jam now. Billy Martin's on deck for the Yankees. Martin has uh, one of the six hits given up by Clem. Levine ready. Looks to Barra. Here's the kick, and the pitch comes down. A big curve that just missed outside ball four. Oh, Ennis Slaughter's on. That is the first walk given up by Clem Levine. Ennis Slaughter is on first. Yogi Berra is on second. And Pee Wee Reese dashes in to have a talk with his pitcher, and he's got him all squared away. And Billy Martin is in there. Billy's had five hits in 18 times at bat prior today. Now has six hits in 19 times at bat. The outfield straight away. 
Sandy Amos in left, Snyder in center, Frollo in right, and the pitch comes. A curve that catches the outside corner and Martin, strike one. Boy, you can see that ball come up and then sort of break off. And it broke over the outside corner. Don Besson goes to work in the bullpen for the Dodgers. Johnny Cooks was warming up in the first uh, inning for the Yankees when Turley uh, started. All right, Levine's ready to kick in the pitch. And there's a fastball popped up the left side. Jackie Robinson racing back, still backpedaling, and he's in foul territory, and he's got it. So Billy Martin fouls out to Jackie Robinson for the third out of the sixth inning. And for the Yankees, no runs. They had one hit. There were no Dodger errors, and two runners were left on base. And Clem Levine puts out the fire. And at the end of five and a half innings of play, the score... New York Yankees, nothing, and the Brooklyn Dodgers, nothing. Duke Snyder is the big hope of the Dodger fans here today. Duke's quite a citizen. He's a wonderful ball player, a fine family man, and he always looks like the star he is. Well-groomed, clean-shaved. Duke's got one of the meanest beards in the business. He keeps that fresh-shaved look, however, with the Gillette Super Speed Razor. There are three, the light, regular, and heavy. No matter what your combination of skin and beard, one is specially engineered to give you shaves that are a real credit to you. Comfortable, good-looking, and refreshing. The light has moderate blade edge exposure for most younger men and men with sensitive skin. The regular is for average skin and beard. The heavy has greater edge exposure, a bit different balance, and a different feel on your face. Choose your Gillette Super Speed Razor. A dollar gets it with Gillette Blue Blade Dispenser and useful travel case at a nearby store. The baseball encyclopedia is attached and doesn't cost you a penny extra. In the last of the sixth inning for the Brooklyn Dodgers, they will present the top of the order. And it's Junior Gilliam leading off for Brooklyn, batting from the left side. Gilliam, a switch hitter, has had two hits in 19 times at bat. He got a single in the third when Slaughter, coming in for a fly ball, lost it in the sun. But he was thrown out at second when he tried to stretch it into two. First pitch is inside, too close to the left-hand batter for ball one. Jim Gilliam standing in there, chokes up on the bat about four inches from the end of the handle. The outfield pull of the right, the pitch by Turley, a fastball too close, ball two.
the 3-1 delivery inside ball four. Yogi Barra goes out in front of the plate to say something to Turley. Turley walked Hodges to open the second, but then Ambrose forced him, and he struck out Brillo and Campanella. He walked uh, Robinson in the fourth after one was out. Gilliam, a very elusive uh, base runner, and Reese, a very good uh, run and hit or hit and run man, whichever you prefer. Gilliam leads away. Turley checks him. Here's the pitch to Reese. He bunts it up and pops it up, and moving out front of the plate is Barry's got it. No chance for play on Junior Gilliam. So Reese up there to sacrifice the runner over. Pops out to Yogi Barra. And there's one out for the Dodgers in the sixth inning. The Dodgers have but two hits. A single by Duke Snyder in the first inning. And a single... By Gilliam on a fly ball hit high in the left field and slaughtered, moving in, lost it in the sun. But his fine throw on the second base got Gilliam trying to go to second. Well, it's up to the Duke. And many of the hearts of the Brooklyn fans are palpitating a little stronger right now. Because the Duke has been a big man. Curly looks to Gilliam at first. One out. The runner leads away. The pitch comes to Snyder. He takes it. A fastball inside for ball one. The Dodgers symphony down below in the lower deck in the right field stands has not yet started its usual little chorus, which they play during the regular season to a pitcher opposing the Dodgers who suddenly gets himself in little trouble. Jim Gilliam jumps off to a lead. Joe Collins holds against him. McDougal shaved it over near second. The pitch, fastball too high. Inside for ball two. So Duke Snyder is uh, standing in there with a two-ball count. Yogi Berra takes time to walk out in front of the plate and fire the ball. Rather, he lobs an underhand to Bob Turley. McDougal uh, standing back to second. Andy Carey is uh, backed up from third about five steps, and he's shaded over near the hole. Mickey Mantle in right center field. Hank Bauer in right field, and the wind is blowing up towards right field on Bedford Avenue. Bob Turley trying to take his time now with a two-ball count to Duke Snyder. with that uh, close stance. Holds the bat right on the end. Turley's ready. Checks the run. The pitch comes. Cut on. Foul back. Strike one. So it's two balls and one strike now to the great Duke. Snyder has uh, five hits in 19 times at bat. And that's right up to date. He's uh, got a single a day out of two. He struck out to become the fifth strikeout for Bob Turley. Turley has a total of seven so far. He struck out the side in the fifth inning. Got one in the fourth. Got one in the third. Got two in the second and one in the first. So he's had at least one in every inning. Here's the pitch to Snyder. Swings and fouls it back going into the dugout of the Dodgers. That's an 
unusual foul. He got the top piece of the ball, a ball apparently breaking in on his power. Just skipped off the handle and rolled into the dugout. Duke's trying to get his timing set. And with that modified uh, wind-up that Turley uses, in which he does not employ any kind of a wind-up, very similar to that used by Don Larson yesterday, where the pitcher just stands out there on the mound, pushes his throwing hand against his glove hand, and then rocks off that and pushes the ball through there. Keeps the batter, actually, from uh, getting himself set. All right, Gilliam is ready. Jumps off to a lead. No score. Here's the 2-2 pitch to Snyder. Takes inside ball three. Fastball. So the count is full. noticeably quiet because I presume the fans were still carrying over from the great shock of the splendid perfect game pitched by Don Larson. But as the innings are growing here in a game that the Dodgers must win to continue the World Series because uh, the mathematics pointed out if the Yankees won it, it's over. Gilliam leads away from first and here's the payoff pitch. There goes Gilliam. The pitch is high. Ball four. So the Dodgers have two men on and the batter due up to Jackie Robinson. We pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, a radio network for all America. This is Bob Neal with Bob Wolf in Ebbets Field. And the hurry-up call has gone to the Yankee bullpen, and Johnny Cooks out there starts to throw. The right-hander. Shortstop, the outfield straight away. Bob Turley on the mound, looks back to Gilliam at second. Duke Snyder's on at first, and the pitch coming to Robinson. Swung on a fly ball, hitting the shallow left field. Ina Slaughter coming in, McDougal going out. Slaughter lets McDougal make the catch. out to Gil McDougal in shallow left field. And there's two out. The batter now is uh, Gil Hodges. Gil walked in the second inning and he flied to right field in the fourth inning. Six minutes. 
And at the end of the sixth inning, the score, New York Yankees nothing, and the Brooklyn Dodgers nothing. No more aggravation. You won't tear out your hair. See the demonstration of the piggyback spare. Paper makes a dollar ninety-five. It's the most. It's the end. Why, man, I'm Five paper makes. You'll say it's great when you write with the paper makes. It's piggyback, Jack, piggyback, Jill, Jack, paper makes built-in spare Gil McDougall will lead off for the Yankees in the top of the seventh inning. Clem Levine on the mound is ready in the first pitch to McDougall, a fastball over for strike. Scoreless ball game. A great pitching performance by Clem Levine and by Bob Turley of the New York Yankees. Levine for the Dodgers is ready in the one-strike delivery. Comes to McDougall. It's strike two call. He got a nice fastball. Bell high in the outside corner. So Clem, who's been working uh, very well with his curve and his slider, pumps two fastballs over the outside corner, and he's ahead of the batter. Top of the seventh inning. Yankees have six hits. Levine rocks into motion, and the pitch on the way, and McDougal steps out in time's call. No pitch. Dougal so far today struck out in the second inning, and he flied to left in the fourth inning. He is hitless in two times at bat. He had two hits in 13 times at bat in the series. He has two for 15. Pitch by Levine. Outside. He tried to work the corner, missed it. One ball, two strikes. So the Dodger fans who were moving to the edges of their seats a moment ago have settled back now and uh, are uh, hoping... Levine is ready to work, and the one-two delivery is a big soft curve over the outside corner, strike three call. Joe McDougal called out and strikes. That makes five times that McDougal in the series has gone down via the strikeout route, and that is only the second strikeout for Clem Levine so far today, and McDougal has been both of them. Andy carries up now, and he's uh, hit the ball well in his uh, two appearances in uh, both occasions to right field. Pitch comes, swung on, ground ball left side. Pee Wee Reese lets it bounce. He's got it over to first, and he's out at first. Close play with Pee Wee Reese firing that ball quickly over to first base to Gil Hodges. There's two out. So it brings up young Mr. Turley, who has been doing big things on the mound who has bounced out Levine to Hodges in the third inning and who popped out to Gil Hodges in the fifth inning, 0 for 2. Levine is ready and rocks and delivers, and there's a strike call. Duke Snyder a few steps over in right center field. Frollo is shallow and right with Sandy Amerson left. Levine is ready. Deals a one-strike pitch, a curve that breaks low and outside for ball one. One ball, one strike. This is the top of the seventh inning. With the Yankees uh, touching Levine for six hits, one a double by Yogi Berra, and the Dodgers getting but two off 
Bob Turley. The pitch comes. Ground ball at Levine Gloves. He lets Turley run. He tosses it over to Hodges, and that's all. So in the top of the seventh, no runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left on. And at the end of six and a half innings of play, the score is the New York Yankees nothing and the Brooklyn Dodgers nothing. Certainly, Bob Turley's control has been fantastic, and so has Clem Levine's. Levine's only walked one man, and Levine's really got it. But the control artist of all time was Christy Mathewson. He reeled off a record 68 straight innings without a walk in 1913. That's just one of the all-time marks listed in the vest pocket edition of the official Encyclopedia of Baseball, a 320-page condensation of the big $5.95 volume that's the accepted authority. And you get this handy book free with the purchase of a Gillette Super Speed Razor at the regular price. It contains the roster records of Major League players, game-by-game -game summary of every World Series with winning pitchers, home run hitters, diagrams of all big league parks, Hall of Fame, All-Star Game, and much, much more, all completely indexed for easy reference. Now to get yours, buy a Gillette Super Speed Razor set at the regular price. Razor, Gillette Blue Blade Dispenser, travel case, $1.00. The book comes right with it, absolutely free. You better pick up your copy tonight, though, because the supply is going fast. Well, the Dodgers are finding that time is uh, going short here in Evansville. And they have uh, finished saluting the president of the Brooklyn Dodgers, Mr. Walter O'Malley, on his birthday. Sandy Amaris is up there trying to light a big candle on that cake. Pitch by Turley, a fastball too high for ball one. Sandy Amaris, the little man who uh, really was the big man for the Dodgers in the last three games of the Pittsburgh Pirates the regular season. He has had uh, one hit and 15 times of bat in the series. Turley looks in to Yogi Berra. He winds and the pitch comes. There's a foul off the chest protector of Hank Sauer. So it's one ball, one strike. So far, Sauer says he'd like to take a look at that ball, and he's not the least bit sore. You know, the Encyclopedia Baseball has a diagram of this park, and you might want to talk it over with your friends uh, during the winter. There's a swing and a drive deep in the right field. If it stays fair, it is foul. So Sandy Amaros, who is flirted with that foul pole over in Yankee Stadium and here in Ebbets Field, just pulls one a shade foul. It would not have gone for a home run, but it might have gone for extra bases. It was lined in the right field. Sandy is standing in there now with one ball, two strikes, and Bob Turley with a new ball stands in, looks to Yogi Berra. No score. Six hits for the Yankees, two hits for the Dodgers, and we're in the last half of the seventh inning. The pitch coming to Sandy Amaris. A curveball strike three. So Turley mixing up that curve with that good fastball gets strikeout number nine. for Bob Turley, who has missed only one inning in recording a strikeout. That was in the sixth when he walked two. 
But uh, his fine pitching got Robinson and Hodges both to pop out. Billy Martin uh, finally had to come over in the sixth inning when McDougal and uh, Carey were playing Alphonse and Gaston. Pitch comes, and the fly ball is hitting the right field, and moving out there is uh, Hank Bauer moving in. Billy Martin guiding him, and he takes it for number two. So Frollo, not quite getting around in the fastball, pops it out in the right field, and Hank Bauer grabs it off. So there's two out for the Dodgers, and uh, Roy Campanella who's had four hits in 17 times at bat. He has uh, recorded uh, rather interesting statistics today. He was the third and seventh strikeout recorded by Turley. Now, Campy has one double. He has three runs batted in. And he has struck out six times. He ducks away from a fastball inside. Cabanella has a very open stance with that left foot pointed right down that third baseline. The outfield for the Yankees shaded just a few steps to the right, so apparently they're pitching him uh, on the outside. Cooked on a foul. Boy, he chopped one, dropped his bat, and came bouncing back all the way to the barrier and bounced back out again. So it's one ball, one strike with two out. The Dodgers batting in the last half of the seventh inning. Turley and Clem Levine apparently borrowing a number of those zeros from Don Larson's performance have posted a mess of them up there on the scoreboard. The Yankees have had uh, a serious uh, scoring threat when they got Barrett a second with two out. The Dodgers have had a scoring threat. Third ball outside. Two balls, one strike. Yogi Berra moves out in front of the plate. Shouts encouragement out to Bob Turley. Yogi apparently thought that curveball looked pretty good. Nobody on, and Roy Cabral's the batter, and the pitch comes to him, and he holds up, and he lines one foul into the box seats down the right field foul line. We've had a number of uh, those check swing jobs with the little uh, bloopers coming off of them. Collins uh, hauled one in off the bat of Pee Wee Reese in the third inning. is the Dodgers have had only two hits in the last 17 innings. With the great uh, no-hitter pitched by Don Larson against them and the pitching of Bob Turley and giving up only two hits. So uh, with this being the do-or-die game for the Dodgers, uh, if they got them stored up, they'll have to come out today. Swings and foul tips and strike three. Strike on number 10 for Big Bob Turley. And in the seventh inning for the Brooklyn Dodgers, no runs, no hits, no errors, and uh, nobody left on. So at the end of seven innings of play, the score, Yankees nothing and the Dodgers nothing. Nothing. <laughs>
the outfield, pull to the right, pitch. is a curveball, line deep in the right field. That ball is going high out into right field, bounces off the scoreboard. Grabbed by Frillo, the throw to second, coming in the slide. The tag is not made as the ball bounces away from Pee Wee Reese. And Joe Collins is on second with a two-base hit. Walt Austin is coming out to talk to his great pitcher, Clem Levine. During the regular season, uh, when Austin comes out to the mound, it's uh, a different view that he gets to Levine because Levine is usually down in the bullpen. There is nobody working in the Dodger bullpen at the moment. It is undoubtedly a conference on whether to put Mantle on and pitch to Barra. Is one of the key moments in the ball game for the hopes of the Dodgers as Levine must pitch to the switcher and to the belter and to the veteran who's done so well. They're going to put Mantle on. So apparently Levine figures that he'd rather pitch to Barra than pitch to Mantle. Ball two to Mickey Mantle. That will be the second walk given up by today. So the Yankees will have Joe Collins on at second, and Mickey Mantle will stroll down to first after this next pitch, and the bullpen for Brooklyn becomes active as Don Besson comes out and starts to work. There goes Mantle down to first base. So the most serious scoring threat by the Yankees begins to unfold. seven hits off Clem Levine. They have Joe Collins on at second, and they have Mickey Mantle on at first, and the batter's Yogi Berra. Berra has two hits and three times at bat off the offerings of Levine, a single in the second, bounced out second of first in the fourth, and he doubled in the sixth inning. Levine is ready now, looks back to the runners, and the pitch comes to Barra, and he swings, and there's a fly ball hitting the shallow center field. Duke Snyder digging for the ball, still coming, and he grabs it, and makes the throw to second base. Came all the way in from deep right center field to within about 60 feet back to second base to grab that ball. So we have two out for the Yankees. They have two men on, and still a very dangerous man up there with a bat is Enos Slaughter. He is forced to run in the second inning. He fly to center in the fourth, and he walked in the sixth. So he is 0 for 2 today. He now has seven hits out of 19 times at bat in the series. Collins leads away from second. Mantle from first. And Levine, taking his time, now takes his stretch. Checks back to Collins to kick the pitch. Curveball, a ground ball to the right side. Gilliam moves to his left. He's got it. Throws to first. He's out. Today uh, has a good fastball, and 
You know, Milwaukee's Gene Conley has a fastball that really fools the batters. Here he is in a specially recorded message to tell you how he fires it. How do you do it, Gene? Well, as you know, I'm six foot eight inches tall, and that helps. I've got a big stride that carries me down on the mound. During my wind-up, my kick and my pitch, I get so much arm and leg motion in it, it crosses the batter up. Thanks, Gene. Now tell us how you mow them down one, two, three when you shave. I spread on shaving cream, take my Gillette razor, and I've got it made. The Dodger Symphony, as well as the Dodger fans here in Ebbets Field, give a big hand to Clem Levine for his superb demonstration of courage in the eighth inning with two men on and one out and getting out of the jam. So Levine leads off for the Dodgers, last the eighth. Bob Turley, who's been superb with only two hits given up, looks in his modified delivery, and it comes. Swung on, there's a drive deep in the left field. That ball is going over the corner. Slaughter racing over, and he cannot get it. It bounces in the corner. It's a fair ball. There's Levine going to second base. The ball bounced in the corner, and went in those stands for a ground rule double. Double. 
to the leadoff batter, Clem Levine, has disposed of Gilliam, and he gets rid of Reese. And he has two out with a runner at second base. And the batter is Duke Snyder. The Duke is going to have to wait a while because manager Casey Stengel making his first appearance. He was uh, going around like a carousel in the first uh, two games here in Ebbets Field. He popped out of there quicker than a jack-in-the-box and changed uh, more pitches than you usually find in the whole season. He's out there now to talk to Bob Turley. And Turley, who has struck out 11, get Jim Gilliam at a most inopportune time for Mr. Gilliam, most opportune for Mr. Turley. Turley, Barra, and Casey Stengel all chatting with Clem Levine sitting on second base now. Larry Knapp chatting with him along with uh, Gil McDougal. So the Duke is the man that's on the lips of every Dodger fan. As he steps in now, the conference is broken up. Apparently they're going to put him on. They are not going to pitch to him. Ball one outside. So that is walk number four given up by Bob Turley. The strategy being, uh, with that strong breeze blowing out the direction of Bedford Avenue to right, right center field, not to give Mr. Snyder a chance to get a hold of that ball. And it's going to be Jackie Robinson uh, scheduled up next for the Dodgers. Jackie, uh, an ever-dangerous man with a wood. Ball three now to Duke Snyder, and ball four, and the Duke walks with an intentional pass. Apparently, the Yankee manager has the same respect for Duke Snyder that the Dodger manager has for Mickey Mantle. Because if you recall, in the Yankee half of the eighth inning, after one out with Joe Collins on second, they walked Mantle to get the barrel and slaughter. The strategy paid off in that case. Now Casey Stengel elects to walk Snyder to pitch to Robinson with two out, two on. In the last half of the eighth inning, a scoreless ball game. Jackie Robinson who has had five hits and 17 times at bat prior to today, who today, on his first time up, lined the ball that was grabbed by Gil McDougal, who walked in the fourth and who popped to the shortstop in the sixth inning, is up there for the second time today with an opportunity to drive in a run. Two out, two on. Turley delivers, and there's a swing and a popper. And moving back forward is Andy Carey, the third baseman. Gil McDougal alongside him, Carey makes the catch. Brooklyn Dodgers, no runs, one hit, no errors, and two men left, and the strategy pays off for Casey Stengel as they walk started to pitch to Robinson, and he pops out. So at the end of eight full innings of play, the score, New York Yankees, nothing, the Brooklyn Dodgers, nothing. Do you, do you want to second and who uh, had to stay there 
is now back out there on the mound. And in the top of the ninth inning for the New York Yankees, we will have Martin, McDougal, and Carey. The World Series, uh, which has had so many thrills so far, with a big climax yesterday, with a perfect game pitched by Don Larson, has another uh, real squeaker going on here today. is in there, right-hand batter. Clem Levine, the right-hander, delivers, and there's a fastball that's thrown outside for ball one. Robinson, uh, a little perturbed with himself at third base. Kicks the dirt around a little. Levine is ready, and uh, the pitch comes, and there's a ground ball, slow tap. Robinson moves to his left. He fires it across to Hodges. He's out at first. So Jackie Robinson on a slow roller. Uh, just to the left of the mound, moves over, grabs it, and fires it over to Hodges for out number one in the top of the ninth inning. So there's one out for New York, and Gil McDougal moves in. McDougal uh, struck out in the second. He flied the left in the fourth. He was called out on strikes in the seventh inning. So he's 0 for 3 today.
about five feet away from him. He recovered in time to pick it the first to get him. So the play goes one three, and at the top of the ninth inning, for the Yankees, no runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left on. And at the end of eight and a half innings to play, the score is the New York Yankees nothing, and the Brooklyn Dodgers nothing. You can uh, feel it in the air right here, and I trust that you can hear it, because uh, Brooklyn fans are rattling around, and uh, this, apparently to the Brooklyn Rooters, not only is the first game the second game, but this is all the games of the World Series. This is the inning that they feel that the Dodgers have got to do it. Manager Walt Alston up on the top of the dugout, looks to Clem Levine. And he's chatting with him, apparently asking him if he's uh, tired out a little or whether he wants to uh, have Don Besson start pumping in that bullpen. Levine looking out. They're watching uh, Turley's uh, delivery very carefully. So Gil Hodges is going to be the big man to lead it off in the last half of the ninth inning as the Dodgers try to break a scoreless tie and to pull this one out of the fire.
Hodges broke his bat, smashed one right back at the mound. It glanced off the glove of Turley, went back of the mound. While Hodges was streaming for first, Turley was streaming after the ball, and he got it and fired over a fastball to Joe Collins and got Gil Hodges by an eyelash at first base. So in the last half of the ninth inning, there's one out as Turley throws out Hodges. And the batter now is Sandy Alvarez. Sandy's been called out on strikes. He has popped out to the third baseman. And he forced a runner, a left-hand batter, the outfield pull of the right. Don Besson goes to work in the bullpen for the Dodgers. The pitch coming to Amherst takes a fastball that's high outside for ball one. Last half of the ninth inning, scoreless ball game. The Yankees seven, the Dodgers have three hits. The Yankees seven hits and the Dodgers three hits, and neither team able to touch home plate. The outfield pull of the right, the pitch to Amherst, a fastball that's inside for ball two. So Sandy, with that good power, looks down to Billy Harmon. Scoreless ball game, with Labine being nicked for seven hits, and the Dodgers getting only three hits, one a double by Clem Labine off the offerings of Bob Curley. Curley looks in again to his catcher, Barra, the pitch to Amrose, a fastball outside, ball three. So with one out in the last half of the ninth inning, Sandy Alvarez stands in there with a three-ball count. Sandy stands deep in the box, feet uh, fairly close together, slightly open stance. Right side of the infield for the Yankees, playing back with Billy Barton one step off the edge of the outfield grass at second. Collins guarding the line at first. And here's the 3 nothing pitch, and no pitch made as uh, Sandy steps out, and umpire Hank Sore walks with him. Thing preventing 
from going into extra innings at the moment is the possibility of Roy Campanella coming through. Campy is uh, standing in there. Casey Stengel uh, comes out to take a look, make sure that everything's all squared away. Don Besson still working in the Dodger bullpen. Nobody working in the Yankee bullpen. Outfield straight away. Campanella looking for his first hit today. Struck out three times. The pitch by Turley. Swings on this one. Fouls it over the top of the roof. Way out in left field. So Campy, uh, who has not been happy with his three strikeouts, which uh, added to his four prior to today, gives him seven strikeouts in the series. Love to get a hold of one. Campanella hitting 267 in the series starting today had one double and three RBIs. Number 39, Roy Campanella standing in. Sandy Amros leads away from first. Collins holds against him. Two out. And here's the one-strike pitch. And he swings and he pops one out in the center field. Mickey Mantle coming hard for it. He's got the range and he's got it. For the final out here in the ninth inning. For the Dodgers at least. And so at the end of nine full innings of play, the score is the New York Yankees nothing and the Brooklyn Dodgers nothing. Pitching of Bob Turley has uh, truly been magnificent. And the same must be said of the pitching of Clem Levine. Both of these fellows, uh, Levine, who was the workhorse of the Dodger uh, staff during the regular season, was expected to be very stingy. Uh, Turley, who was uh, one of two possibilities for the Yankees, uh, has been tremendously stingy, giving up only three hits. So we're ready now to move into the top of the 10th inning. And the New York Yankees uh, will send up Bob Turley, or at least he's scheduled a bat first, Hank Bauer, and then Joe Collins. And Clem Levine uh, will continue to do the pitching out there for the Brooklyn Dodgers with the top of the 10th inning presenting itself uh, here in the truly big game of the World Series because... It's big from the standpoint of the Yankees win it, the World Series is over. And the Dodgers must win it to keep it going. So Turley gets a fine hand as he moves in and moving in to bring in the top of the tenth inning, Bob Wolf. Nothing more can happen. But they were wrong because it's happening today. history. 
spot in just a moment or so. Two strikes and a ball. A curve comes over for a called strike three, and Turley is out. Now let's pause ten seconds for station identification. This is Mutual, the radio network for all America. With one out on the top of the tenth, the batter is Hank Bauer. And the first pitch comes in low for a ball. Bauer is hit safely his first two times up, then fly to left, and he went down swinging in the eighth inning. pitch, and there's a ground ball going out to Pee Wee Reese. The throw over to first base for the out. So Bauer is out number two. And as I was saying just a moment ago, after a check in the Encyclopedia of Baseball, this is the first time in World Series history that a nothing-nothing game has gone into extra innings. It's never happened before. With two away in the top of the tenth is Joe Collins, who has two hits, two before. He doubled last time up off the scoreboard and right. So Collins steps in. From the line is on the mound. The right hander starts the windup. Here's the pitch, and it's low. There have been only 13 the previous games won by a one nothing score. The last was won by Rashi over the Bills Constanti back in 20-page digest of the Big Standard Authority, which sells for $5.95. It's yours free when you buy a Gillette Super Speed Razor at the regular price. In this book, you find the Major League roster, nicknames, birthdates, birthplaces, how they bat and throw, all-star game history, complete records of Hall of Fame members, all-time league leaders and record holders, diagrams of playing areas and seating arrangements of big league parks, all conveniently indexed. Just buy the Gillette Super Speed Razor, light, regular, or heavy, that matches your combination of skin and beard. As a World Series special, you get Razor, Gillette Blue Blade Dispenser, Travel Case, and the valuable Encyclopedia Baseball, all for the price of the Razor set alone, one dollar. The applause is for Tom Levine, who is coming up here in the home tenth of a scoreless ball game. Levine, after striking out his first two times up, smashed one out to uh, left field just inside the line, which hopped off into the seats there for a ground rule double in his last appearance of the plate. That was back in the eighth inning. And now Bob Turley is all set to pitch here in his home tent, and there's no score. The Yankees have seven hits so far, and the Brooklyn Dodgers have three. Levine steps in right-handed batter. And Turley delivers the first pitch. There's a pop-up behind second base in a short center. Martin's going back, calling for it, and has it. This Billy Martin really has been ranging around this afternoon, going out and back and sideways. 
As a matter of fact, back in the sixth inning, he even went over into the third base sector to pull in a pop-off, pop-up off the bat of Gil Hodges. So here's a fellow who really likes to make sure that somebody grabs him, and it's usually Billy. in wide for a ball. Gilliam has one for three, and he's also walked. He sent that ball, which dropped in front of the slaughter in the sunfield back in the third. Was that point a stretcher to two? He takes inside, and the count now, ball two to Jim Gilliam. With one out in the home tenth, and no score in the ball game. And the crowd really getting a treat out of a tremendous afternoon of baseball. Each game in the series seems to have built up to even a greater climax. And today is no exception on extra innings. The pitch is wide, and the count now to Gilliam is ball three. Yesterday, Larson, with his perfect game, struck out seven. And today, Turley has struck out 11 so far. They were included in the same deal coming to the New York Yankees. Here's the pitch. And it's inside on four pitches. Gilliam draws the walk. Putting a man on first with one out. And bringing up Pee Wee Reese. Pee Wee struck out. Been up four times so far. He is 0 for 4. And he's hit one ball up out of the infield. That was a fly out. Last time up to Mickey Mantle. So Reese steps in with one out, one on. The uh, Yankees set up for that possible double play. Charlie looks in, gets the side from Bella. Terry has moved in at third base, just off the grass. Here comes the pitch, and it's wide. Ball one. Yogi Berra bringing a new ball out partway toward the mound, rubbing it up. Now flips it back out to Bob Turley. Andy Carey shot something into his pitcher. McDougal and Martin set up a double play depth. And over first base, Collins is keeping Gilliam close to the bag with no score here in this home tent. Now a set once again. Ball won the count. Here's the pitch. It's over for a called strike. Turley, who came up with the ball, and the sacrifice out. So Gilliam is in scoring position on second, 
and Duke Snyder is coming up. Snyder is single. He struck out. He has walked twice, the last time intentional, and this will be the same treatment. They'll put the Duke on first base. Another intentional walk. The last time that this happened, Jackie Robinson came up in a similar situation with men on first and second, and Jackie popped up to the third baseman to end the inning. So, Snyder's being put on first, killing him on second, and two outs in the home ten. Just check the Encyclopedia of Baseball and see that this is the second time that a ball game has gone into the extra innings with no score. The other time taking place October 8th, 1913, as the Giants beat the A's 3-0 in 10 innings. Well, there's the walk. As Snyder goes to first base, the eighth walk of Turley, two have been intentional. Jackie Robinson, who has lined out, has walked, and has popped up his last two times, comes up. Well, Robinson is up there with a chance now to bring in what would be the first and only needed one of this game as he steps in to face Turley with Gilliam on second. That's the one that counts. Snyder is on first. And threw away in the home tent. And across the crowd senses this tremendous situation here. Robinson in and waiting, batting in a cleanup spot. There's the scratch and the pause by Turley. And here comes the pitch, and it's fouled back for strike one. Strike one to Jackie Robinson. The infield... Uh, Finds Gil McDougald moving over more toward the hole. Paul Robinson, who pulls that ball. And so that means that Gilliam, on second base, has a pretty good territory to roll him off the bag. Bob Grimm is now warming up in the bullpen for the New York Yankees. But the full spotlight is focused on Robinson at the plate. Looking out to the mound. And the count, strike one. Gilliam on second. Two away, Snyder on first. The outfield is playing deep and pulled around toward left. The stretch and the pause by Turley. A look back toward second. Here comes the pitch, and it comes in wide. And the count now is one and one to Jackie Robinson. Billy Martin uh, ran over to second base, trying to bluff Gilliam back to the bag there, but there was no throw made. Slaughter's playing far back there in left field, and Mantle over in left center. Terry has moved over close to the line. And Turley back off the mound for the moment. Now the right-hander's ready. The count is one and one. Gilliam, uh, hands on hips, leads off second base. A little further now. Turley looks back. Robinson waits. Here comes the pitch. And there goes the line drive to left field. Squad is after it. He leaps the ball's head against the wall. Here comes Gilliam scoring. Open win.
demonstration here as Jackie Robinson rules to the challenge. As you know, in the eighth inning, the same challenge, and he popped up for this time after the intentional walk to Duke Snyder. Robinson came through, wasting one out to left field. Gilliam scored, and that's it in the ball game. So here in this home tent, one big run, the only run needed, and uh, the Dodgers certainly gave their home folks a run for their money, you might say. One run, there was one hit, no errors, and there were two men left on base. So that's the story. It's a thrilling climax here in an extra inning game. Now, now let's take a look at the uh, final score. For the Brooklyn Dodgers, one run, four hits, no errors. The New York Yankees, no runs, seven hits, no errors. In just a moment, Bill Corum will review the highlights of today's game for you. Girls, if they played off for a World Series winner among permanent waves, you can bet it would be Bobby. New Bobby, the special permanent for casual hairstyles. The only permanent with special casual pin curlers. Specially designed to give softer waves than rod curlers, yet stronger waves than metal pins. Bobby's casual pin curlers are shaped to hold tight, curved to feel right, sized for ease beyond compare, made of plastic to protect your hair, colored pink so they're pretty to wear. Only Bobby's got them. And Bobby's the easiest of permanents. No separate neutralizer. Bobby's casual pin curlers, breeze fresh lotion. That's all you need for casual curls, soft right away, yet strong casual curls in to stay. Remember, for your casual hairstyle, pick the winner. New Bobby, the pin curl permanent, with special casual pin curlers. In came Gilliam, and here comes William. For him, that is, and wasn't this one a honey? One of the finest World Series ball games anybody ever saw, with two tremendous pitchers out there this afternoon. Big bullet Bob Charlie fireballing the ball all the way until Jackie Robinson broke it up with a line drive over old country boy Slaughter's head in left field that scored Gilliam with the winning and only run of the ball game. Not since old stubble-beard Burley Grimes pitched a shutout here at Ebbets Field has anybody pitched a shutout in the World Series, and that was way back yonder in 1920. And Grimes, some of you will remember, was not only a great pitcher in those years and all the years in baseball, but one of the spitball pitchers, which we don't have around anymore. Not legally, that is. Well, anyhow, uh, both Charlie and the hero of the ball game, of course, Clem Levine from up Rhode Island way, Lincoln, Rhode Island to be exact, were just wonderful pitchers. Of course, nothing will top the thing that Don Larson did yesterday in the stadium, but this was in some respects a tenser ball game. Of course, uh, that was close enough too, but uh, these two clubs were both in it all the way until... Robbie finally broke it up, and of course, Jack Robinson is one of the great competitors of baseball. They had got him in the eighth inning. It just didn't figure that he was going to go up there over and over and over and pop out 
with a chance to win a ball game. He's still quite a competitor and always has been since he came uh, into the game. The Dodgers, however, with Turley's great pitching, were all but on the plane to Japan. They're going as soon as this series is over, and if the weather holds, that surely will be tomorrow. And uh, had they lost today, they would have left tomorrow around noon for Hawaii and Japan. And I guess would have been glad to get out of town, but not now they're not, because this series is very much still wide open, and no doubt it will be Big Don Newcomb, who failed here before, but still won 27 games during the season, and you don't do that with a Ouija board, and uh, undoubtedly he will pitch for the Dodgers tomorrow, who seem to have a knack of beating the Yankees on this field. They just keep right on doing it over and over, as they did last season, and so again, we come back to the same pattern as last year, and if it holds, of course, then the Yankees will get back what they rightfully think is their own. After all, they've won 16 world championships and 22 pennants, and Casey has won five out of six as of up to now, and as I said, is very much in this one, and they, the Yanks, always a tough team, and the Dodgers a tough team. Don't forget, two great ball teams fighting it out here in a World Series that has taken on great luster since two rather slip-shot games uh, started it off here at Ebbets Field uh, last week. So, there it is, 3-3, three to three, and the blue chip still in the middle of the board tomorrow. As Duke Snyder said uh, yesterday, or day before, I forget when, I was chatting with him. He said, well, we play uh, four games, he says, to get the money in, and then we play three games to find out who'll get the biggest part of it. Well, we'll find out tomorrow which players will, and whichever team does, the other certainly won't be disgraced any more than happened last year when Johnny Padres pitched such beautiful ball for the Dodgers, won two games, and carried them to their first World Championship. They're still the old pros, the Dodgers, still tough. Nine old men fighting it out, as I said, and they're far from beaten, and if Newcomb can have a good game, since they do win here in their own park, with great regularity in World Series and at other times, too, they will certainly hold a slight edge. I assume it will be either Johnny Cooks or Stengel's ace left-hander, Whitey Ford, who didn't fare so well here, who hasn't fared so well here in two tries, but uh, it must be one or the other tomorrow. First of all, however, I do want to say once more, so that we pay respect to the victors as to the vanquished as well as the victors, you never saw a finer ball game than Big Bob Turley from Troy, Illinois, pitched here this afternoon. And, of course, he was matched in heart and courage, uh, although he didn't give as many hits by the winner, Clem Levine, a great pitcher. Our thanks to our statisticians, Frank Zazullo and Herb Hepp. Our engineers, Giff Camel and Ed King. This broadcast was produced under the supervision of Art Gleason, Director of Sports for the Mutual Broadcasting System. So, friends, what a series this is turning out to be right down to the seventh game again. Remember, we'll be back on the air tomorrow at 12.45 Eastern Daylight Time to report the seventh game of the 1956 World Series. Until then, this is Bill Corum saying smooth sailing, smooth shaving, and good afternoon for the Gillette Safety Razor Company.